0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 10 of the Convergence Podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valluri and before introducing today's guest, I want to take a moment and thank you all for showing such tremendous support towards the podcast. In just a matter of a couple of months, we're already at 10 episodes. So I'm really excited to see where this goes in the future. Today's guest is freelance concept artist and designer Ayan Nag, who has established a very unique style and language of his own over the years. And in this episode, we deconstructed his approach towards his art and his mindset while creating new ideas. This episode is packed with a lot of interesting information and a lot of knowledge that Ayan shares. And there's so much that can be learned from his experiences over the past decade. So with that said, let's get started. Thanks a lot for coming, with ayan This is like round two of the recording, but <laughs> yeah, happy to have you once more. Um, I think, of course, you've been generating quite a bit of audience over the last one year. You've been quite active in uploading a lot of personal work as well as professional work. So I'm sure yes. a lot of people know a bit of your journey. They've... Tr- seen the trajectory of your artwork growing but i'm sure you're getting a lot of people who are following you for the first time so it'll be good to at least give a bit of background for the new followers for the people who'll hear this episode down the line just to see what your career tra- trajectory and your origin has been so far
1: mm, so uh okay i'm i'm from a small town Jalpaiguri. it's it's in north bengal uh i started studying animation in around 2008 or nine i think yeah eight there was a hiccup then like i got into it again at 2009 the college did not really teach what they like what i expected them to so i just like skipped classes and all that and did some other random shit but uh Post that, like, the after the college ended, I figured, like, I should be doing something with my life. And that was around, like, 2012. So, uh, but, like, I started taking up random jobs, like, you know, uh, part times and, you know, all those, like, shitty jobs. So, <laughs> just to support myself. And, yeah, post-college, I actually started getting more into digital art. I was still painting digitally before that. But I was not really aware of the industry that we have here because I was not socially as connected. And also social network back then, it was just like basically in India, at least it was just starting out. So I started like uh, finding these artists like Pascal and like Pascal Gambian. I'm sure like everyone knows. So he was actually the first artist that I saw on the internet and I figured, oh, this is something people actually do and like, you know, make a living out of it. So uh, I I sort of started getting into it more. Then I went back home because like I I, I actually wanted to get a job initially. Then I saw what an actual job was and I was like really disheartened. And because it was like a tech company doing like, you know, graphic design. And I went there to, you know, give an interview. But the setting and everything has just seemed so like opposite of what I wanted to do so I just like okay let's 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 back up a bit let's like go home let's bide my time and like you know try to improve my skills so
0: you mean that felt so like I start
1: corporate or very structured for you oh yes oh yes the setting was like this I I walked in everyone was in like suits and like you know sitting in computer street and like you know working on something and I was in a like a T-shirt and a short and like some backpack and I just walked in and I felt so out of place. I was like, okay, let's 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 figure something else out. So I went home and uh after that I started finding more artists as I like you know kept finding all these like level up. You know there was a group called Raw Die back then. So I started participating there like you know they had competitions and all that. Then I started finding all the other artists like you know uh robbie was there robbie trevino i'm sure like you know robbie was there late southern was there like they are basically hosting these contest sort of things and they'd give you feedback so i started getting into it slowly those two years like i sort of improved and then i started getting more like better jobs not better as for better but like they're still better than you know 500 rupee banner jobs so <laughs> uh so i sort of saved some money i got some bigger projects i saved some money and like after two years i decided like because and like i decided to move out because at home you sort of feel safe because like you don't really have to earn your bread like you're getting your breakfast on time you're waking up you're eating and you have a roof over your head you don't have to like worry about that much at least for me that's how it was and uh, so I I, like, I had some money, and I just like decided to let's let's find out the costliest city in the like you know India, and just just move there. <laughs> if I can't make it uh, make it like there, I should be like uh, looking for an alternative or something. Uh, there's there has to be another way. So I just like you know moved out like with limited fund, and my parents helped a lot as well, like you know, uh, and then yeah then i came into bangalore started studying more like started doing more real life studies and eventually like i slack off i go travel here and there i slack off a lot that's that's a general theme of mine because it took me so long because i slack off that's a that's the only thing so eventually it started to get better i got some gigs here and there i got job offers as well but I, then I decided if I get into a job, I would not have as much time for myself and to like, you know, work on my personal skills as well, because I've seen people who just like, you know, go into the like corporate sector of this thing and just get lost in it mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm not that organized myself. So like, you know, despite having a job, I'd like make time for myself. Like I was not like that before. So I was like, no, no, no! I need to figure this out. I need to figure out how the freelancing thing works. So I, I'm curious. As like, I,
0: um, you said yeah. you had studied in back in your hometown as well, and you had hmm. done some course. Did that in hmm. any way help you structure yourself better, organize your progress, or organize your artistic development in any way, or was that something that came as you just started experimenting on your own?
1: So. Uh, I was never really that organized, uh, or like you know, like I hated planning. So <laughs> I just go with the flow most of the time. Uh back back when I was in my home, I didn't really have that clear of an idea what I wanted to do as well. Even now I don't, but like that's a different story. <laughs> uh but uh Back then, I didn't know, like, how to study or, like, what to study. I I just, like, followed, like, trends. Like, whatever people were doing, I'd do. But I sort of kept doing it. And that's that's the key to every skill, I suppose. Like, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And, yeah, after coming to Bangalore, I actually started finding some, like, decent study materials. That's when I think the Gumroad thing started blowing up. So, Mm -hmm. they bought some tutorials here and there. And like, I, I saw like what, like these people do in a like professional level and what I need to be able to do to match those qualities. So I just started studying and just kept going from there and there. And uh, yeah,
0: it, it has been fun. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk about your development in terms of your artistic journey as well. I know you spent quite a bit of time doing a lot of still life study and you still do that even now. Yeah my question about that specifically is did somebody tell you that that's some, that's something that you need to do to get better? Or again, was it a part of that experimentation or looking at other artists and interacting with them that kind of brought you to that point?
1: So here's the thing. I was never really good at like interacting with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like until recently, I didn't even like talk to people properly. I just like, you know, sit in my room and like do what I need to do. Like I can interact just fine, but like I, Before, I just didn't, like, make the effort to, you know, reach out to people or, like, you know, do that sort of things. So, it's mostly just experimentation. And I, like, follow a lot of, like, uh, followed a lot of master artists, like, who lived before us and, like, you know, set an example for us. So, they did a lot of studies as well. Like, they, like, just go out in nature and, like, watch the nature, how it works, how light works, how color works, how perspective works, everything. So, you can find everything in nature. You can find, like, just look and like just observe and you have it there's no like you know complicacy to it so I just started doing that and then I understood okay okay so like the more I do the more I notice subtle things about colors subtle things about like how light shifts how bounce light works and all that's it so yeah after that I just like you know kept getting into it more and I kept enjoying it more as well and yeah it's been like it's 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 really useful i just like anyone who asks me how to improve i just keep telling them the same thing over and over Mm -hmm. again just study from nature study from nature that's it
0: is there any particular master artist from the past or even present for that matter whose work has really inspired you quite a bit because there's always one or two people whose journey you really connect with and you can relate your style of work with them so for you is there any
1: i always enjoy enjoyed like van gogh's work but mm-hmm. yeah like and before i didn't didn't even know like what impressionism was so like as i moved forward i figured out okay this is a thing like this is what people like did before me as well so you can just like simplify objects like add your own touch to it and bring some impressionism in the paintings as as a like impressionist himself like, van gogh is a like huge influence and other than that i enjoyed rembrandt's work i enjoy uh, beerstadt's work a lot uh, who else is there ha huh, uh, there's i keep forgetting this guy's name the french artist was was he french though uh... you might be uh, monet Gips. yeah monet. Monet. Okay. monet 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 yeah yeah, yeah. so he was a, he's a like big influence as well modern artist i enjoy a lot of people's work pascal is there Godo is there then like these two just pop out in my mind first mm-hmm. and then there's like so many amazing artists out there like it's hard to like pick and choose from like you know the lot but uh, yeah i think like that's all i can remember for now that's cool my memory that's is cool. really bad <laughs>
0: It's, it's, a, it's a weird field right like art is something where peop, more and more people are getting into this field as the tools become easier to access especially as the yes. digital medium has become quite big over the last couple of decades I, I'm really curious like how do you perceive this l- lowering in terms of the threshold of entry do you think that produces better art down the line or are people jumping into digital art or just the artistic journey too soon even before they are down with their fundamentals or understand what they are trying to create
1: i mean it's it's never too uh early to jump in i mean if you want to learn a particular skill you just like jump straight in and start doing it you get better that's the that's the theme right Mm -hmm. but i i do see a quality like lowering quality overall because uh like the threshold is low so like you'll get this like many studios which will hire people and like since they're cheap they'll just hire a lot of people and produce not so good quality of artwork and i think that that at the end of the day gives the like junior artists a lot of uh false sense of accomplishment i'd say which is like which is not healthy because like i've i've been through like the same thing myself mm-hmm. not that way but like some other way around so i think yeah, anyone who's listening and just starting out, I, I just say focus on your fundamentals first because concept art is a like not a single job. It's it's a lot of jobs combined and it also has a lot of nuances inside the job, inside the field itself. You'll have like uh, industrial designers to like uh, proper illustrators. All of those fall under the category of concept art. Like even the illustrator has to think of designs and all that. But when it goes to uh, like production, uh, not production designer, industrial designer, the design part and the functionality part is much more implied upon. So implied upon, and it's much more important. And so like, these are the like, you know, extreme corners of our, I'd say like uh, most extreme corners of our industry. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, people are specializing in each of these. So like, you have a lot to pick and choose from. But if you don't have the basic knowledge, if you don't have the fundamentals, at least up to a certain mark, you will not be able to judge or like, you know, understand where you want to go and what you enjoy doing the most. I think that's the most important part. If you don't enjoy something, you're not going to get good at it. Like it's it's that simple. If you just keep forcing yourself, there, there will be a burnout. There will be a like, how do I put it? Like you can't do that forever. Mm-hmm. And so like just the passion for the craft is like i think really important so to find that passion what do you enjoy you may enjoy just like no, creating props you can you can just like enjoy building worlds in 3d depends but you need that basic to actually get to that level and actually tell yourself okay this is something that i enjoy this is what i want to do for now at least like for the foreseeable future in future, it changes. It always changes. That's why I don't like planning long term at all. Because mm-hmm. like, initially, I actually uh, wanted to be a matte painter. Uh, like I saw all like Dylan Cole and all those <laughs> all their work. I was like, holy shit! How is this? How is this even happening? And so it it kept kept changing. Like then I was like, no, I need to work on movies. I need to work on these things. Then I was like, I, I now. I don't really care where I work as long as I'm enjoying the thing, like just painting and in generally just like creating worlds. That's what I enjoy. And I don't know where it will take me, but like, it's fun. So that's why I'm still doing it. If it, if it stops being fun, I'll just look for something else. I'll just like switch, switch out to something else. So that's the thing to, to like, get to the fun part. You need to go through some struggle, I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, that's the, thing with everything but yeah just practice your fundamentals they may seem boring but they I promise you they're not there's a lot to learn and there's a lot of fun as well like so much to know there and the more you like figure out like the basics and the clearer you'll, your vision would become and you'll know like what to do what you want to do so that's about the gist of it I guess. Do you think this
0: mentality that you've developed has come because you admire the artists of the past so much and you studied them so much because they had a sense of patience in the way they approached their work they, they were not in a hurry to finish a particular piece or reach a particular destination too quickly do you think that has rubbed off on you?
1: Uh, so to be honest uh, even like 2-3 years back I did not really know how the artist reached where they reached like the master artist I'm talking about So I I would not say like I was directly influenced by their journey, but I got interested later on and started like, you know, learning more about them Mm -hmm. and everyone had this pattern of like, you know, just they loved what they do. They did and they just like, you know, kept doing it without any expectancy of like, you know, likes or whatever. Like that concept did not exist back then. A lot of like Van Gogh himself, like he probably had only one, actual viewer who just watch his painting it was his brother probably so mm-hmm. and like he still kept doing it uh so there's there's like there's so much to take from that like you're not expecting anything you just love it so you're just doing it and he's appreciated now but that does not matter to him because he's dead he's gone so i I, I think like I actually like to take some like I generally work very quick. But also I like to stare at my paintings a lot. Like whenever I'm working on something, I like to stare at it a lot. And and if I need to take a day off or like two days off, I'll do it because like I don't want to compromise the quality. I don't want to put stuff that like, you know, it's it's not like, you know, in sync with me that I want the viewer to see. Mm -hmm. And that like, that's why like, I generally don't do these like, you know, uh 30 days challenge or like a one year challenge because like i know like i'll produce shit quality work like okay there has to be like at least like 70 of those would be shit maybe 30 would be decent so that's that's how i feel that's how i work uh, but like a lot of people do it and they're exceptional at it there's no like but like it does not work for me i still do studies i'll do studies daily that's that's something i want to take up I w- was planning on doing some like plane air on like, you know, map crunch or something. But like, those I can do daily because those are not really like, I'm not creating something out of blue or just like, you know, designing something that does not exist. That's just like taking something and studying from it. So that's a different thing. But just producing ev- like, a painting new idea every day is. It's so much pressure, firstly. Mm -hmm. And you're bound to make mistakes. And you'll be like, since I since I'm committed to this, I need to post it or something, just to like, you know, just for posting sake, which does not work for me again. But yeah, I sort of forgot your question there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean the question was essentially about the patience aspect of it, because the masters of the past, like I was mentioning earlier, like they like you also rightly mentioned, you, they would take their time to look at the painting, <coughs> observe their painting and then slowly layer upon it. Whereas now we tend to have that rush to finish stuff quicker. At least I do. I'm definitely yeah, no,
1: guilty of it. No, no, no. Everyone is like, even I am. Like if I don't like, you know, share anything in a while, I'll be like, oh, there's something back in my mind that's telling me, you need to do this, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Which is not healthy, but also not bad because you have some sort of motivation. But yeah, you need to understand like these masterpieces were not made in like a week or something. They'll spend like months to years, like just like painting the same picture, like just keep going at it. So like there's a lot of things that goes into a good painting. And I think they understood that we sort of started like, you know, forgetting about it mm-hmm. in the rush of like, it's very fast nowadays. So you just scroll through Instagram, Facebook. It's like gone in a few moments. Like you spend some like what let's say 10 to 20 hours on a painting or like something some design people would just look at it and they'll just scroll past it within a matter of seconds so like it's a very fast moving world but like you know I I generally would not like to get caught up in that too much because that's not like for me mentally healthy Mm -hmm. and yeah like it has some drawbacks but like I'm, I'm actually fine with that. But yeah, like the patience thing, That's I think that's something you need for any sort of skill in developing any sort of skill. You need some, some amount of perseverance. And I think that's the only skill you need to be able to like do anything, just like persevere through it all and you'll eventually get there.
0: You had mentioned an interesting thing earlier where you said you don't consider yourself to be a hardworking person. And I find that as a pretty odd observation because when I look at the kind of work that you've produced over the years I feel like you're somebody who's quite productive and whenever I look at your feed there's always new stuff to look at as the weeks roll by why do you think you perceive your work in that manner
1: and where does that thought come from uh like it's mostly in the past mostly I'd say mostly like that's that's the key word there Mm -hmm. But like I still slack off a lot because like whenever I don't feel like doing anything, I'll probably not do anything. I'll just like you know wander around or like do random stuff, watch YouTube videos. For like it's not healthy. That's that's not that's not a good good part. But uh, like back in college days or like even after that for like two three years, it kept lingering on. It's it's not like it was bad, man. Like I, I there was there was this one painting I started in during college. And I, I took, like, some six months to get around to, like, you know, <laughs> finishing it. And and that was probably, like, five to six hours of work. I just worked on it once. Then, like, a couple of weeks later, I'll come back to it, spend 10 minutes, then go back to doing some other stuff. So I was this, but, like, I'm actually happy, like, from there, I could just, like, like come here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, like, you, it, it's part of your personality. You can't really, like completely get rid of it you can just live with it and like make the best out of what you can like what you have so yeah like i i see a lot of people who are like really hardworking. they'll they'll be like working all the time i i simply cannot do that like mm-hmm. uh, it does not work for me it's just like that's i guess that's how i am and i've sort of comes come in like you know terms with it but i sort of want to change as well for the better but let's see like what happens <laughs> As long
0: as you're not trying to force anything out of the ordinary, uh, I think. Uh,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: I've always wanted to ask you this one question, which is when I look mm. at your work, I, I think of it as a blend between illustration and concept art. And I yes. think this is a pretty big question that a lot of people starting out have. And even though this topic has been touched upon quite a few times, which is illustration versus concept art and how do people approach it? I feel like hmm. no, min- no matter how many people answer it, it's never really resolved in in people's mind. How, how do you think you have approached finding that balance over the years? Uh,
1: finding balance is like, just like in anything is accepting the fact, like you can't just like, you know, think about it and you say like, you know, this is something I need to do something about it. It's just like some if something is wrong or something is right, you just like accept it and like, that's how you resolve most issues firstly. And uh, this debate, like illustration versus concept art, I'd say like you, it's all art at the end of the day, like from a designer to like, you know, illustrator, everyone's an artist. Mm -hmm. But the, I think there's a like, visually you can perceive it like this. Let's say like the left end of the spectrum is design right end of the spectrum is like it's just pure illustration so we are never truly in the like you know extreme corners of each we are somewhere in between all the time and based on the slider your uh, your like designation actually like you know happens like your designation is like where your slider is so more you focus on design the more design person you would be and like concept art in general like i i think illustration also includes inside of it or something like it's not a like different thing because like even the illustrators they need to think of designs they need to think of like how to employ the design fundamentals in a painting it's not that different but again it's not the same either it's like it's inside a circle Mm -hmm. we just have like different designation for it and it, it has been like what like even like 15 20 years back like we did not have any separate designation for artists they're just artists right right nowadays we just like fine-tune everything and like make separation that's fine like for specialization like more you specialize on something the better you get at it so it's it's a like it's really productive and it's it actually works that's why it's there but it's at the end of the day it's still art so like don't just like you know think about all that too much and finding your blend would be again uh like practicing your fundamentals just do stuff you enjoy and see where you end up
0: yeah that's very well put i mean it's a matter of experimenting in your own self and slowly arriving mm-hmm. at, at this at that decision but yeah. this this question always stumps me because so many people at the beginning of their journey run into this problem in your experience is there any way to Help the people who are coming up in the industry to understand this point faster so that they don't keep harping on this issue within themselves and neglect actually developing their skills, which is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, like regardless of what you want to be, even if you like if you're a concept artist or illustrator, you need to be skilled. Like in today's industry, especially, if you don't have skill, you will not get anywhere. Like it does it's not like just this art field it's everywhere everything is super competitive because of internet like everything is so connected like everyone has access to pretty much everything Mm -hmm. so like in this world you need to be good like to be like you know to go where you want to go like you need that strength so to achieve that you need to focus like just on improving but again like you also need to have fun without fun there's like you know it's like going to the gym like you go there if you don't enjoy doing it after a month or two you you'll just like give up so there's no point to that and again like i I, it sounds like i'm repeating myself with the understanding of the basics you will actually get there as long as you put enough time on your basic fundamentals you practice your stuff you will get there and yeah. Like after a certain level, you can decide where you want to go. Just don't straight out, come into the industry and decide I want to do this. I want to do that because that never works. Like the future is not predictable. That's what makes it fun as well. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought there just a second. No worries. Yeah. As you, uh, as you keep, uh, working on that, uh you'll actually gain more clarity on the situation uh what you want to do and like this you what you enjoy and all that i still haven't caught up with my train so i'm just like you know trying to buy time
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's all right i mean i guess it's a it's a hard question to answer as well because there are so many people who are coming into art each and every day and this is a it's a fairly common question that a lot of people run into and yeah I mean because you have been working for what close to eight nine years at this point starting from your yeah, yeah, very yeah. early days yep. where you were doing mm. like very small banners to now working on big projects so
1: no it's been almost a decade man like yeah. if you count those like I, I started working right after got out, I got out of school mm-hmm. actually maybe maybe uh, a little after that like I skipped a year because some sort of incident happened back in my college in Hyderabad. So I joined a college, like Animation College in Hyderabad, that sort of fell apart. Okay. Uh, turned out it was a fraud or something. Like That was a huge thing back oh.
2: then.
1: Yeah. I had to come back uh, home. Uh, like, uh, then, like, I was like really lost. Like, I, I didn't know what to do. Like, I was a kid as well. So I didn't know how to cope with these situations. And after that, on 2009, I think, I joined in St. Xavier's. Like, there was a sort of, like, animation college. Which was shit, by the way. Just, like, if you're St. Xavier's people, if you're listening, it, it was shit. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, like, but that that's the thing. I mean, I, again, I keep, like, I'm, I'm so preoccupied. I don't know even, like, I even don't know, like, what I'm preoccupied with. No,
0: that's all right. That's all right. But, I'll ask the questions you can just answer it that's fine um I I was actually curious like now over the past decade you've done a variety of kind of jobs freelance working in studios what Mm -hmm. and you had mentioned this earlier like you didn't want to get stuck in the studio culture so to speak I want to dive a bit deeper into that because there are a lot of advantages as well to work in studios because you understand the pipeline quite a bit you're able to make a lot of connections so maybe you can Absolutely. from your point of view talk about the pros and cons
1: what you have observed over the past decade
2: mm,
1: i have worked on like contracts and in-house jobs during my career and they they taught me a lot like to be honest like you're surrounded by like similar mindsets of people and like you're working there you're learning from each other and you're obviously making a lot of contact so that's that's definitely a huge part but it's also a lot of politics. It's also a lot of like, you know, interacting with people when you don't need to, mm-hmm. so for, for me at least. And you don't have that freedom. Like, I I want to be able to do what I want when I want. And that like studio sort of like restricts that. Like, if you want to leave, if you want to travel, you'll have to apply for a leave and you'll, you can only stay for this long. So that all feels very like limited to me. And yeah. that's that's the reason I, I never like went for a studio job. Maybe in future I will, but I'm not sure. Like I, I get, it's it's really hard to tell as of now, but like I'm like 80% sure, like I will not be getting a like, you know, long-term free like, you know, studio job. So that's, that's a, for me, that's the most important part. Like I need to have my life under, my command and just like when you're freelancing you obviously had have to like put your time out like when you're taking up a job but I can plan around it like I can I can just take up job when I want to at Mm -hmm. least now after like almost a decade I have the choice to like you know decline jobs or like you know take up jobs when I have time and I want to take the job in so yeah I think that's as of now it's working for me but but studio jobs i like if you're starting out i'd always almost always like uh recommend you to get a studio job because you learn about the pipeline more and you get to know people and you'll see like you'll meet with similar minded people and you will most likely improve as well like if you just like you know have that drive so yeah i think that's that's about it
0: yeah i agree with you i think especially very early on it's important to not get stuck in your own bubble and that's where Working in a studio helps you get more points of views and especially when you interact with more seniors and stuff like that, that'll broaden your horizon quite a bit. And you had mentioned a point just now where you said now you're in a position where you can accept and decline jobs at your own will because you have that kind of work that you've built up over the years. I really Mm. want to talk about the journey when you decided you want to move into freelance full-time. The moment where you decided, okay, I'm going to quit the studio job how was that transition? like? Because that's something that's not spoken about enough, in my opinion. We, we hear about the artists who have become big freelancers, but I think that journey of taking that decision, how is it mentally? Is it a risk that you're taking? How was your financial situation like? Because those are so many risks that people need to assess.
1: And so there's always risk involved in like freelancing because you will not be getting jobs all the time. So you need to be in charge of your finances. Like you need to be really in charge of your finances. That's, I, I, that's something I learned like the hard way. Mm-hmm. I went like shit broke and like, you know, wandered around and did like random stuff. Oh my God. But for me, I, I, I never really had a proper job. Like I started out as a freelancer and I'm a freelancer now. In between, I had some like gigs, but those were also contract jobs. Okay. So I'd go in there for like six months, three months work and get out that's it i never had a like full-time job so it's like all freelance from the start to here even when i was starting out it was a part-time job it was never really a full-time job so it's i guess it's a bit different for me but like if anyone asks i, I just like suggest not to do that it's like it's 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 unnecessary firstly uh-huh. uh like you don't need to go through that much struggle anyway because like most of my career i've been broke like i'll be plain honest like i did not i did not have the skill back then and i did not have the contacts so like i was not getting any proper jobs i just go in like you know random deviant art forums take up like really crappy jobs or like uh just like whatever i could find i'd, I'd go to comic cons make some profit off of it and maybe survive for like next two three months then like keep thinking what's gonna happen after that so so it was like that like every time i went into comic cons it would be like a, i'll just like take some money from my parents and like you know here and there and as soon as I make them back, I'll just pay them back. And then I'll have some, hopefully I'll have some profit there. And I could just like, you know, get on with my life. So it it was not easy, man. It was like, and it was sort of, I feel like it was unnecessary as well because Mm -hmm. I was getting job offers. Okay. But I was just, I was just too like, you know, like proud to take jobs, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like I I just, I don't know, like something like that. No, I, but I, I appreciate your yeah. honesty.
0: I think because it's not something that's easy to own up to, and of course, now that we look at your career, we look at it from the outside. Okay, you've done so many big projects and you have so much work, but <laughs> nobody knows those kind of struggles as well. So I think I really appreciate exactly. The honesty. I
1: mean, I mean, like it's it's the same with everyone. I think whenever you see someone succeeding, you need to understand like there's a lot of struggle that goes on. And that's not on camera on or on, like, social media. Because, like, we only share the good parts of our life in, like, you know, social media. That's mm-hmm. how social, social media works. You'll barely see people talk about their, actually, if they're, like, actually having issues. And that's sort of part of the social stigma as well. Like, whenever you share something negative, people will just, like, they're always looking for something to, like, you know, talk about so it'll get blown up out of proportion and it's generally not a good idea to share your like personal stuff like online as well that's why like i like you won't find any personal post in my like social media ever like i stopped that at least five to six years back mm-hmm. like i don't share anything personal so it's, it's purely art like, related either, it's purely art related or my hobbies hidden there that's it like nothing nothing else because like i don't want people to know about like what goes on in my life like you don't need to know that like only my friends need to friends and family need to know that so like why like that's the thing like that's why like it also keeps me keeps my life separate from like the professional part of art to like you know and to my like you know personal uh, portion of my life but like i think this this is something that i need as well i need to because since like art is our job and it's also something we love we need to keep the spaces separate because if we just like keep merging everything then the stress just like keeps piling up so that's one way i like found to deal with them
0: yeah that's an interesting point because quite often i mean some of the most popular artists that we see online they are quite brutally open about their life as well in terms of the kind Mm -hmm. of stuff that they're sharing and that I yeah, guess yeah. requires an additional layer of vulnerability from their end
1: to open up to that point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, that's true. I'm I'm just plain not comfortable doing that. I mm. mean, I don't want to do that. So I don't do it. That's, that's, that's the gist of it.
0: Okay. Uh, Talking about your process a bit more. I mean, your work has predominantly been through Photoshop over the years and now Procreate as well. Have you gotten yep. much into 3D as well in terms of setting up some block meshes to paint over?
1: I, I actually have, like, throughout the last year, like, not that much, but I'm still, like, learning about it, like, how how I can, like, embed it into my, like, workflow. I'm still experimenting with it a lot. Because, like, uh, in 3D, it's really easy to set up camera angles, like, different lenses, different perspective so like and complex architectures and whatnot like you have a lot of benefits there so like i'm trying to get more into it like i'm like i got back into blender and like uh if if something some idea pops into my eye like i like a mind and like i'm i can't really place it like how to go on about it and i'm like trying to sketch it but like the perspective is not there because like obviously there's a lot to improve like it's not like if i can visualize something i can just draw it it takes time yeah in 3d you can just like block out quickly you can move out the move around the camera angles and you can find out ideas so i've been t- trying to do that yeah like I, i'm getting slowly and slowly more into 3d to at least get me the like get me through the idea phase okay because i don't i don't really need to render out everything like i don't need fully finished renders i just need the blocks then i can just paint them over and that's that's how I actually want it to be. I also am planning on like you know getting more into VR and just get a headset like oh, next nice. couple of weeks or something. okay And let's see like how that like translates as well because it's like it's a re- really huge like part and like, you can you can do a lot lot more with it. So like it would be a shame like if I don't try it.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be fascinating to see your style of illustrations in VR I think. That'll be a pretty beautiful world to enter into.
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh, I have some like projects planned for it, but like, I'm not sure like how far that will go. It's like really personal for now, Mm -hmm. but later on, if I feel comfortable about it, I'll probably publish them. Okay. not sure.
0: I think this 3d question specifically with you, the reason I wanted to discuss was because now pretty much everyone you ask, they will tell you that 3d is a must skill to, to need something that you will need if you want to work professionally, but Mm -hmm. you're clearly illustrating that it's not like a rule set in stone. You are still working professionally at a high level. So I think it's important to see other perspectives as well, that people are working in other mediums, not only 3D. I
1: mean, they are just mediums. At the end of the day, all that matters is like the results you produce, at least like when you're working professionally, it doesn't matter if you have used a 3D base or like, you have used photos or you have used like someone else's model just just credit them (laughs) or like at least buy the stuff from them absolutely but like like the like process doesn't matter at all like nobody's gonna ask you like how you did it and if they ask you it won't matter that much so like the result matters and like how you got to it it doesn't matter all that much for me i can work faster i can render out objects faster in like 2d than just making a set in 3D uh, and like, you know, just like adding textures to it. All those are very really time consuming for me because like, I'm not used to like all the 3D process. Mm-hmm. But like when I have to do something from multiple angles, let's say like one set, I need to capture multiple angles of the same set. Then it's obviously better to just like at least just up the basic 3D set. So you have multiple angles ready for you. And you can just change them around without making too much fuss. So these are the benefits of 3D. Like you'll get, like, if you have a singular set, you need multiple views of it, multiple illustrations. Then it's very useful. Like it's like, then it doesn't make sense to do them all three in 2D Mm -hmm. because you'll need to do so much more work. But other than that, if it's just a single piece, I'd rather just, like, I don't even want to block it out if I don't need to. I'll just go straight into painting. I'll probably like just at least flesh out the idea in like an hour or something. And then I can just move past it. So like that's how it works for me. Like just use what you are comfortable with and yeah, like it's, it's about like how comfortable you are with the medium, the more comfortable, the faster you will achieve your results and at the end of the day, that's all counts.
0: Nice. I was uh, also curious about your process when interacting with clients as well Um, because your way of working in terms of the style that you're producing is quite loose and suggestive in terms of the details how do you Mm -hmm. let's say convince the client or establish the comp or design with the clients early on do you do like a bunch of let's say exploration sketches or some black and white
1: blockouts how is that process like for you? So initially I did a lot of black and white sketches for clients, like just focusing on the shape and the composition, but like through the years, I figured out that like, if I don't have my color, like colors in the composition, I don't really see like where it could go. Mm -hmm. So eventually I started like, just drawing them like, you know, uh, color keys. So to say, like, you just like, I just like draw everything in color. And like, even from the thumbnail stage, I'll put out color. So I at least have the basic idea of how the comp would look at the finish stage. So that's, that's something that works for me. It's like, it's not something you want to do if you're just starting out because you need to have a decent understanding of value, color, like, and light relationships to achieve that. So yeah, start out with black and white, like. Uh, then go into color but for me it was too slow Mm -hmm. because once you have the black and white you can't really just like apply filters on it and like the voila there you have like color it it does not work like that because value and color relationship will just like mess up the painting like if you are putting like yellows or like blues, they have different value structure in same value range so you need to consider all those things when painting directly in color and like, it's fascinating how like the master painters used to do it. They're just like, you know, they did not have the value check or whatever. Just press control Y to check value <laughs> yeah. They did not have that. So they need to, they needed to like train for years. And like, that's something I like as well. Like it generally gives me like better idea of the whole composition. Like at the end of the day, composition is all about the finished piece. So the sketches you are doing are mostly just layout sketches. So. Generally, I'll be for client works. I'll do a lot of like, uh, depending on the project itself, I'll do separate variations of the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. if I'm confused about a certain mood that I'm going for, maybe this mood won't work here. Maybe I'll draft a few different versions of it but most of the time it's just like uh, this many thumbnails like small small thumbnails and i'll just like take a big brush and paint like colors in them and like uh, depending on the story i'll just like keep illustrating all those small thumbnails and later on when they're like finalized i'll just like blow them up and start painting Mm.
0: so it's almost like like an animation color script that you send at the beginning
1: yes yes it's it's pretty much
0: Mm, that's an interesting process i think Especially with the kind of output that you're generating. I think that speeds up your mm. work quite a bit. That, that yeah,
1: change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, 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 no that's, a, that's it. Uh, I
0: was curious, like that change to drop the black and white process from your pipeline altogether. Was that something that came due to client expectations in terms of how quickly they want the job done? Or was that your own choice to drop it because you kind of went above that level or needed to, You don't you didn't need that stage any longer in your process?
1: I'll be very frank. The black and white stuff is not fun. Oh, so okay. I just like moved past it. Like eventually I decided like, because as I told you, right, black and white sketches are really hard to color and you'll need to paint everything from ground up, keeping the same value structure. Mm-hmm. That's the gist of it. If you just keep painting, keep like applying filter color balances and like, you know, saturation jitters, all that, like into the shapes, it will not work out because of the color value relationship difference but like if I do it with color itself, I can still check my values using a black and white layer on top or something. Mm -hmm. I have that option open. Like if I feel I'm stuck somewhere, the values are not looking quite right and I'm not like able to figure out what is wrong, then I can quickly change values, like quickly check the values and from there I can just fix it. That's not a problem for me, but to start on a black and white and then you go to color, then you figure out there's a value mistake like during your transition. So that's, that's really like, you know, it's a very time consuming, like process firstly, and again, it's not fun. So I just like, you know, uh, and I personally, it was not a, like by client requirement or anything, it's mostly it stopped being fun. So I just switched out mm-hmm. and it is, it's, a, it's the like theme theme with my like career as well. So if it's not fun, I'll just like move out or something. <laughs>
0: interesting. Interesting. I was curious have you experimented much with the ai art generating tools like art breeder or something like that
1: i i actually did i did some sketches but right now i, I was looking at it a couple of days back mm-hmm. the server is really slow and it's sort of like unusable now but it's really like scary but also not scary because you still need to understand the fundamentals to actually recognize what are good shapes, what are like good color combination, what are good moods. So like if you give the same tool to a beginner and to someone who has like the basic understanding of the fundamentals, they'll generate like different results, like way different. It'll be easier of course, but like then again, these are not finished concepts. You'll still need to work on the design. You'll still need to like flesh out the details and you'll still need to have a vision that you want this. And, how you achieve it uh, that's another tool so like you for uh I, i'm not sure like if you watch the session challenge thing i actually used like some art reader uh thumbnails to generate the initial thumbnails oh for the space because opera
0: I, for the space opera challenge
1: yes, yes 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 so first uh first frame was i already had a like clear vision of what i wanted so i just like painted it out second and third I think yeah, second, third and fourth, I took some like thumbnails off of uh, art reader. Mm-hmm. I some, did some experiment here and there. What I want, like what sort of vibe, what sort of move I want? And I went into art Breeder, like best a lot of things around and tried to get something out of it. So like the second and third keyframe, their base was this thing, uh, the art reader base. Fourth keyframe, I eventually tried like Uh, wanted to try something else and changed it Mm -hmm. but yeah i I, that was an opportunity for me as well to see how i can fit this into my pipeline as well because it's another tool and like you just need to like figure out how to use it so it was fun it was fun like you you get a lot of different results in a like matter of minutes but i checked back like a couple of days back and it's it's the server is really slow now so it's like i don't think it's if it's usable it's fascinating. But, like, I mean,
0: if, if you had not mentioned that you had used ArtBreeder for the ArtStation challenge, I wouldn't have guessed it because hmm. you have integrated it so seamlessly into your style. I think like you mentioned yeah, in terms of the experience level, level of the person who's using the tool.
1: Yeah, like I, I actually had a clear, like somewhat clear visualization of what I wanted. So based on that, I generated the thumbnails. It's not like I just like picked out random images from there. Mm. Of course, there were some sort of randomized aspects of the images, but I still had a clear idea of what, where, which way, I, which direction I wanted to go. So that helped me. Like, if I just started wandering around and no, oh, this looks cool, this also looks cool, then it would have been like a chaos. But I, since I had a, like decent idea of what, where I wanted to go, uh, it actually worked out pretty nicely. And since it's just the thumbnail phase you eventually paint over everything anyway, mm-hmm. like thumbnails don't really like barely anything from the thumbnail stage will actually show up in the final keyframe. So it actually works out.
0: Fascinating. I have two questions actually. One is about the AI aspect and one is about the art station challenge. I'll come back to the art station challenge okay. afterwards. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, do you think um, the art community as a whole tends to get carried away in terms of getting fearful of these AI tools? in terms of the almost like apocalyptic notions that the jobs will disappear or they won't have anything to do, especially people who are working in purely 2D mediums when you look at something like art breeder, Do you think it's justified to get uh, that worried so soon?
1: I don't think so. I mean, they're just AIs and AIs for like, I, I actually had this discussion with some of my friends a mm-hmm. uh, while ago as well, like after the art breeder thing started booming up. So uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's an AI, like, doesn't matter how much it improves, it will never be us. Like I'm not saying as a superior because like AI who are capable of doing the same thing as us would be obviously like superior in every way, but the most fundamental, fundamental thing they lack is our flaws. So Mm -hmm. our flaws actually define who we are and like style or like style statement or everything like they are just flaws but they're presented in in a like you know how would i say it like they're presented in a different way so people could enjoy them for me i'm not like i don't like painting details so like that sort of translates into my style i just try to do like try to render an object as with as few strokes as i can and keep them as suggestive as i can so like it, this actually translates from my laziness. Like it, there it is again. Because that, uh, that's the thing, like uh, it's it's your flaws that make you, uh, it's not like the perfection doesn't exist anywhere. But when like AIs actually get to up to that level, they won't be making any mistakes. That's the key thing about AIs. AI, they don't make mistakes. They are programmed in such a way. So they'll accomplish a task like Two plus two will always be four. It will never be five. So I think just thinking about this, like, I don't think there's not uh, like much to worry about. It's just another tool in your tool set. You just like learn about it. If it like helps you to eat something better, use it. Why not?
0: Mm-hmm. I like that philosophical touch that you gave in terms of the flaws is what generates the art an artist creates. Yeah, those things inform I... what you create
1: yeah it's just like my personal opinion as well like like that's how i like to look at things so Mm -hmm. like i don't know like if it actually is that but it makes sense to me that way like like we all like each and every one of us are different and that's that's something like we take for granted but like that's also our like you know (laughs) like selling point let's say like that's also our best features so and those are those are mostly our flaws it's it's not like some flaws in our memory some flaws in our actions or like it's all that like it's like if you meet someone who's perfect you you will never meet someone who's perfect just saying because perfection doesn't exist truly so that there's the point like ai tend to do things perfectly you'll get perfect results but perfection is not always like you know pretty to look at like that's 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 that's. i think that's just i take away from this so i'd I'd much rather enjoy some chaos in in a painting or in in a design than just full structured stuff like you need structured uh designs for functional elements but when you're thinking <clears throat> if you don't have that like filter in your brains that like actually uh filters out what you see uh, filters in what you see and like blurs out the result you paint then like it sort of uh without those filter it becomes meaningless because if you like it becomes not fun that's that's the whole point like mm-hmm. it's it's not interesting so that that's that's i think my two cents on it i guess
0: that's interesting that actually leads into my question about your station challenge because the whole aspect of finding your original voice is quite important and When I looked at your submission for the Art Station Challenge, that clearly stood out quite differently when I looked at all the other or most of the other uh, participants' work because they were leaning into more of that really photorealistic sci-fi look. Whereas you had taken a very illustrative, almost surrealistic approach towards sci-fi art. And I really want to know what was your thought process right from the first week onwards? How did you come to those ideas and how did he generate those storytelling
1: moments through that so it's it's like i already had some idea because like i started a bit late on mm-hmm. the challenge but like in the in the meantime i was also thinking about it i gathered some reference like i just like looked looked around and some ideas popped into my head this could be it this could be that and i since i don't use 3d all the time and don't rely heavily on 3d i think i i like whenever i paint something it will always be something different from the actual realistic representation mm-hmm. and i since i had some time as well to think about it when going getting into the keyframe like thumbnail stretch i actually had a decent idea of what i wanted except for the last frame because last frame i was still like in the process of thinking about it and like I'm not sure how to wrap everything up Mm. and I know how the story ends but I'm not sure how to visualize it so I just like that I took some time off and like you know did some exploration in 3D I think I showed you one yeah
0: I I remember that
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so that's why like I, I generally try to visualize as much as I can before like just holding the pain like Holding the pen and like, you know, just drawing everything out on the canvas. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something uh, it took me quite a while to develop. It's just imagining stuff in my head and then putting it down. It's never perfect. It's not perfect, but it's still something. It's, it's like planning your chess moves. Like be, normal players would be just like, you know, watching the board and playing it. But like a good player would be just thinking in their head. They'll have all those notation mapped out. So they know how to like, they'll, they have a visualization like visualized representation of the chessboard inside their head. And they'll think there, it makes the like whole thing more efficient. You can think much more farther without making much changes. And uh, yeah, like that, that's the fun of it. So like most of the time, I'd, like if I am starting something and I want to get somewhere, I'll try to visualize as much as I can beforehand. So that also helps with the unique look aspect of things because you're you're not taking, you're not like just rendering out in 3D or just like watching a reference and painting. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another thing I try to do as well. I don't take that many references at the start of the project. Just the bare minimum I'll take, I'll just collect them somewhere. So this is the guideline. This is the area that I need to stay inside. Let's say I'm working on like, existing IP so they'll have their like you know own design principles own like you know design language shape language what whatever so for those like I need to set myself some boundaries so for those I'll just collect the minimal amount of reference I can then I do, I'll i try to process them inside my brain and try to like come up with visuals that are intriguing and like more interesting to people then when I start painting I'll start to figure out, okay, I don't know how to paint this or I don't know how this function works. Then I'll just go individually and grab those stuff and introduce them. So it okay. does not affect my whole design language, like from the get go. Mm-hmm. So I still have something unique at the start. And then like, uh, as I go on to connect it more to reality and, uh, just to like, make it seem like it's, it's something that can exist. I need to take reference from real life. So Then I'll do it. I'll take the reference. I'll put in the stuff that's required to make it believable. And then you finish it.
0: Nice. So the analytical part comes in later. Starting, it's quite abstract and artistic way or setting up the composition essentially.
1: Yes. So it's basically start trying to find like order inside of chaos. Like Mm. uh, you generally start with like even when I'm starting with no idea at all, I'll just like start showing out random brush strokes and try to find shapes in it and all those so it's like I always enjoyed the theme of chaos like mm-hmm. it's so enchanting so
0: yeah. we'll we'll get back to that chaos point of it I think I'll, I'll really recommend everyone to check out the progress that Ayan had put out because what struck me the most was right from the first uh, work in progress you uploaded the composition stayed <laughs> the same right throughout the process and yeah, 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 that clearly shows the forethought like the chess moves that you were talking about like mm-hmm. the initial opening was set up and then everything was calculated based on that. So it's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. It's not so much calculated. That's the thing. That's why I like start with color because mm-hmm. like the, uh, depending on the mood, the whole storytelling changes and in black and white, it's very hard to convey the mood. Mm-hmm. Like you can add some fogs, you can add some value shifts, but you can't really like add emotion without color so like when you introduce the color you'll you already have a visual visualization like okay this is something that here like i can achieve this i can go here from this but black and white doesn't give you that freedom it, it's restrictive in that way so that's why like i try to plan as much as i can for the composition part early on then if i'm you'll always be making changes because like our memory is not perfect our visualization is not perfect and that's the fun part like that's that's where the magic happens like the those indis like yeah those those discrepancies actually work in your favor like those uh faults would turn out to be something like happy accidents right and so on and so forth so as you uh, uh, like if you have a decent idea of what you're gonna paint then i think like uh you you i think that's that's how i like to do things but it again like depends on person to person like how your mind works is different how like someone else's mind work is different so Definitely. like it's all up to you and to find that balance you need to like you know just put in the hours in
0: terms of your approach towards art do you spend any time writing down ideas or sketching out ideas or are you somebody who just translates from mind onto photoshop directly
1: uh i will sketch out stuff or write down thoughts like i have once in a while but like to be honest i never go back to them <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> some reason because like once i'm done with like a set of thumbnails i'll just leave them be for like years on end or something then one day i figured oh i did something like this back then let's go see and i'll watch those and then, okay this is not good let's start first so yes. like i do write down ideas but like most of the time it's just inside my mind like uh, like, uh, my mind is very organized and everything else is not that's the thing so i try to like keep some sort of stash inside my mind like this is the idea this is what i want to do if it's too complex i'll probably write it down or really intriguing then i'll write it down or like draw up some thumbnails of based around it but otherwise it's all inside here
0: that's interesting so when you talk about chaos and the organization inside your mind the chaos you're mm. talking about is that the chaos in the world at whole or is that chaos only at the beginning mm. of an idea or the beginning of a painting where you're trying to figure out what the trajectory of that painting is going to be so to speak
1: i mean uh, uh i okay so here's the thing like chaos and order are really like you know like it's is the faces of the same coin like it's not that different like we just try to find meaning in everything and that's how we find order and so like everything like i think niche said it chaos is the natural order so that's 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 how i like to operate as well like even when you have an idea it doesn't need to be all that structured like it doesn't need to be rigid it it could have some chaos in it so it's just about finding that balance and that balance actually dictates where your painting will lead. Sometimes I'll just like throw a brush strokes around and uh, it looks really abstract, but I can figure out like, most people can figure out some sort of shape and those shapes would be based on your experience. It's, it's, it's not just like the same thing for everyone. You put down random strokes, you like see clouds, each people will see different shapes and it's based on their experience so that's where i think the individuality factor also comes in so like depending on your life experience your taste evolves how you see things evolve how you understand things evolve and yeah putting in putting that into practice is like again like you need to have the fundamentals down before Mm -hmm. actually like expressing yourself like you need to have like you need to learn the language before you can speak properly so that's
0: that's quite true i mean the way each person recognizes patterns is so different based on their upbringing their exactly. sources of inspiration and knowledge and yeah exactly. that's a quite true point talking about inspiration like you mentioned a bunch of artists of the past and present who have inspired you mm. but apart from art specifically are there other things that you look to to find sources of inspiration or just to kind of enrich your
1: sense of knowledge overall look, i try to do a lot of things here and there and like uh, <laughs> firstly I like to travel not that much like I'm not a travel freak per se but like I like to go to like new places and like you know just be there just be in the place not just you know just wandering around or like going to restaurants just be there like observe stuff or just like be in the moment and enjoy it and that sort of gives me like that sort of gives me some inspiration I try to do like I try to pick up other skills when I can and somehow like they also translate like even, like, remotely, like, they're not even remotely connected, let's say, like, tricks, like, uh, <laughs> oh, tricks wow. and, like, art doesn't, doesn't have, like, anything in common. So, but, like, you'll still find some sort of, like, relatability between them. And they somehow inspire me sometimes. And, like, uh, yeah, so, like, new experiences generally help. Like, any sort of new experiences are, like, always nice. And they'll help like they'll help you get out of the cycle mm-hmm. and like you know so i i think just trying something new every now and then is like a good idea i like this point quite a bit
0: like putting yourself out of that art bubble once in a while is quite important because it's very easy for us to get stuck in that mode of just constantly drawing and trying to get better as artists and kind of yeah, forgetting exactly. what's happening around us essentially
1: uh, i mean Uh, a lot of people can do it like they can just like buckle down and focus on a single thing but for me i I don't think i can do it like i need to juggle a lot of things to Mm -hmm. keep my mind sane so i do that
0: (laughs) interesting i wanted to talk a bit about your professional work as well um two things that stand out the most are the stuff that you did for apex and the stuff that you did for procreate i wanted to know how was the process like especially specifically to the apex legends stuff first what was that process like because i was just looking at the trailer just before our call just to kind of refresh my memory and <laughs> the trailer looked like your artwork essentially it it was like a one-to-one yeah. representation how, how how did that feel yeah. to you
1: first of all so the whole trailer was actually based on my style statement itself like oh, wow. it's it's not like yeah because like i like even from the designs to like the look and feel everything like i designed pretty much everything the characters were designed by like the character person so that's that's something different mm-hmm. i don't do that just just <laughs> uh thing but even when integrating the characters they'd have some sort of textural overlay because okay. this was all done in after effects no 3d nothing it's like completely 2.5 right yeah so i'd have i'd have all the layers separate in photoshop and then the uh, after effects person like, they do amazing jobs there they they just take that and add parallax effect to it so it feels like it's 3d but it's really not and even when the, they're integrating the camera on or like other 3d objects some 3d objects were involved i guess because like the safe itself was not particularly 3d but i just painted the door and like you know gave the design in such a way that you can just use a like 3d projection sort of thing in okay. after effects to make it seem like 3d. So even those like they'd have a like layering of my brushstrokes. Like I had made a like different, I had made a different template of it. So when the character's coming, they'll still have that painterly look overall. like it's just overlaid there. So it merges with the background.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was really, really nice to work on and general process was pretty similar to what I mentioned so <clears throat> i like took a, like huge canvases some like 20k by like 10k or something and like i just like put small thumbnails in them okay and uh, started like depending on like i already had a storyboard because like the uh, animatics were approved before mm-hmm. i joined in so i had the animatics to go with and i took the compositions improved them here and there like did what i needed to do with them <laughs> sorry and then i just like start and putting out the colors like the colors would actually if you notice them properly you can just go to my art station as well they would transition really smoothly there's no like sudden cut if there's a sudden cut there's a reason behind it mm-hmm. like uh like the imminent sense of danger or like just complete change of scenery so these all factors are easy to consider when you have the whole strip in front of you And you can actually make decision based on looking the previous and afterwards like the frames and you can just change them and in thumbnail stage they're easy to change when you get into like uh, the finished painting, then you can try changing the colors you can do some stuff in Lightroom but like. It's it's not ideal and it's not that effective either, so you need to set your mood and like you know composition really early that's again like that's like that how it worked as well so i just like put down all those keyframes like uh in small small ones then like once they get approved i'll just make like small smart objects in them mm-hmm. uh, actually they huge, they they're still like 6k like 7k or something uh so the file was really heavy That and eventually when the files just went too heavy i'll just pick out the phd and like make their like since they're approved i can just like make them into separate phds now okay and Yeah, after that, it's just like pushing the limits, pushing the quality, like bringing in some photos when I required it, painting the details in and yeah, that's about it.
0: I I mean, I have like a lot of questions just about this project itself. (laughs) Firstly, I was curious because like you rightly said, the whole trailer has your flavor or style, so to speak, across it. Hmm. I wanted to know what was the duration of the project itself from the time where Uh, you got the animatics onwards?
1: hmm. It was close to two months, almost, almost fifty days, I think. Okay. And that was like continuous fifty days without any
0: weekend break or anything of like yeah. that sort. Yeah,
1: uh, weekend breaks. You generally get weekends off. Like whenever you're working with the studio, they'll they'll take the weekends off, and okay. thus, like you'll also have the weekends off. So weekends off, but like uh, total working days were around like forty-five to fifty. I don't remember the exact number. Wow. But yeah, that was like 10 10 some odd weeks
0: man that that sounds like a pretty heavy project but
1: it uh it was, was, worth it, it was really like it was huge and it was sort of tiring as well when everything finished i was like oh my god <laughs> finally it's done and but like you also get the satisfaction yeah. of just looking at the end result and good thing about animation at least these sort of like promotional animation is like You finish it and it's out. You don't have to wait for like one year, two year to just see it in action. So these sort of like fast-paced animation or promotional content, you get to see them very quickly. And that's why like the timeline deadline is also very tight. Like this is the time you have and that's it. You don't get any extension at all. So there was really a learning experience as well like because like it was the pressure was there but it was also rewarding. Like uh, you, you get to create something and like a lot of things are like it's the gaming industry as a whole is a very passionate industry right mm-hmm. so they look for a lot of some, like small details inside the paintings and I had a lot of fun like just including them in the painting itself so like hidden and, easter yeah.
0: eggs kind of things which not yeah
1: yeah, yeah
0: yeah 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 I'm also curious like your uh when you're interacting with the art directors from the studio side what were the interactions hmm. like because this is a style that you are quite familiar with so i'm curious what kind of feedback were they giving in terms of how how to push the
1: storytelling or how to push the quality and things like that it's mostly general feedbacks because they are used to working with artists who have different styles mm-hmm. so they know what to say and how to improve stuff so they're very knowledgeable in that regard and they're very good artists themselves it's not like you know indian art directors mostly i'm not taking names <laughs> language, just right just but like that's that's the scene here right it's like mostly that's what i have seen at least i have faced like they're artists but like let's not get into that anyway (laughs) yeah that's a different topic for another time (laughs) yeah yeah so most of the time art directors would be better than you most of the time Mm -hmm. and like in some like in one area or another so they'll and they'd be more experienced as well so like they'll provide feedbacks on your composition like the story movement could be like from this camera angle this camera angle could be improved like this this color could be like maybe replaced with this or something like that like it's generalized but like it's also very to the point it's not like endless uh like uh how do you say like repetitive feedback or something like like that exactly like uh, like little there little here a little to the left little to the right not like that nothing like that mm. so i had a lot of freedom as well like in these projects procreate as well but right? procreate they just like told me just just like do this like whatever you did with that painting do something similar here but it's up to you that's like that's wow. that's the brief that's really the brief
0: i mean that's like a dream client i mean they just
2: i know what, i know right
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so much fun to work with How does one get to this point where you're basically getting clients where they're coming and telling you, boss, just do this, what you already do. How does one reach to that level?
1: Uh, I honestly have no idea, (laughs) but I think it has something to do with like your skill level. Like as you get up there and you keep like posting your stuff everywhere because you need to be visible. There's a lot of surplus in artist community right now lot of artists you look everywhere there's artists there's artists concert artists everywhere so like you need to stand out and you need to find your way to stand out as well I think so like being different being yourself I think is a huge plus if you have the like you know opportunity to do to, to that but like for me I I like want to point this out here as well because like I did not have that much responsibility on myself to support my family my family basically took care of themselves. So I did not have that in my mind, let's say, like, I need to provide for my family. So I need to get a job. That's the mostly, that's the thing. Like most of the people, they don't have the luxury to do this, Mm. but I had, and I sort of did, so it worked out for me, but yeah, I mean,
0: no, I think, I mean, I feel like you're being a bit humble as well, because while given that you had some sort of freedom and not too much responsibility, you still have to work over the years to get to that level as well which requires
1: i mean that is common in every field like you'll have to work to get somewhere it's it's like it's not gonna magically happen and luck luck is a factor but luck is also like a non-factor it's just a probability Mm -hmm. the more tries you do the luckier you'll get so it's just simple as that
0: that's an interesting way to put it how has social media changed the way you interact with your own art essentially has it changed in terms of when you look at the reaction of the people, especially as your following keeps getting bigger, there'll be a lot more people who are showing a lot of adulation and love towards your work. Does that change the way hmm. you look at your own self?
1: It's like, I, I'd love to say it doesn't, but like, it sort of does in a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. So like, when you see some artworks getting more attention, you're like, okay, like, and let's say you don't enjoy that artwork as much, mm-hmm. but people are still loving it. And you're like, why? What's, what's there? Like, for me, I just try to take it a bit like analytically, because like, what is there that's like, you know, appealing to people so I can bring that aspect to my next painting or bring that aspect aspect in like, you know, more of my paintings or if it's a good thing or not. So I'll evaluate them. It's not like, you know, if if this is good, let's say there's a landscape with a lake in it and Mm -hmm. some birds flying around. So I'll do those like hundred of those, not like that. I generally try to find like what's good about the image and what I don't like. So like it's, and at the end of the day, I'm still learning something and I'm not compromising myself either. So it's a it's a good balance for me it works out
0: no i think definitely there's you have i I feel you have found a good balance in terms of finding that consistent style but changing the uh let's say story moment that you're trying to depict because i know like you've done a couple of series where it's like indoors and there's some which are purely landscape so that breaks the monotony of the subject matter and yeah that way you're able to produce more ideas
1: yeah. And the style thing also, it keeps changing. It's not, it's not the same. I mean, uh, what I used to paint like in a couple of years back, it's different from what I do. Like, it's not just like that. My skills have gone up. Mm-hmm. It's also like style statement wise. It's also different. So like style is something I think like it evolves with you. Like as your personality evolves, that also evolves. That also changes. Like not necessarily all the time. It will be good, but i think it will be different so that's that's fun
0: yeah that's rightly put have you ever considered uh, making a book because I, you have such a vast collection of work i feel it will be a really nice coffee table book to look at have I, you ever I don't i one? don't think i have
1: enough works to put in a book man oh that's interesting that you think that <laughs> uh, maybe maybe in a like year or so we'll see how this year's year goes okay. then i'll think on it then i'll decide all right all right
0: but have you ever just not from the artistic point of view, but maybe from a storytelling or narrative point of view, have you ever considered trying to do something along those lines where there's a constant theme or narrative running across a book
1: and then you put it across as a story? I do have some plans, but like uh, for most part, it's like the project I have in mind is very personal. Okay. So I can talk a little about it. It's not started. It's still in here. Yeah, right? please, so please, please go ahead. Out there. Yeah but it it's sort of a like uh my happy place sort of thing like it's it's sort of place where i go to it's like i have like it's very abstract it's like it's not uh fully developed or fleshed out because like it's in my mind right so every time i try to visit there it changes a bit like depending on what i'm experiencing oh. and everything mm-hmm. so it's, it's like meditating, but like uh, it's a di- slightly different. It's a mix of both like meditation and dreams. Like uh, I used to like dabble on those before. So like that also like somehow benefited me. Like I could visualize these things better. So I have this place that I generally go to when I need to calm down or just, just like I, I don't have anything to do. So I just go there and like maybe decorate the place, like maybe explore the place, maybe find out where I can extend and all that. like it's not all like very clear but like it's there and i sort of want to do it in the future and i'm not sure i'll ever publish it but i want to do it for myself then if i feel like you know sharing it with like everyone then i'll probably do it
0: so you're gonna tease the idea but not publish it if you don't feel like it that's interesting
1: i mean this is the first time i'm talking about it anyway so like it's, it's like not many people know about this it's just like because it's very personal and like i need to be comfortable with it at a like certain level mm-hmm. so i can just share it because i need to be satisfied with the outcome it's like because like just imagining something and just putting it out on canvas or a like 3d space it's a whole different thing like uh, it's like imaginations will always be better than like what you create for me at least it is like what whenever i create something i'll like initially be happy then after like ten minutes of staring, you know, oh I can't do this better. Maybe you run into so those issues
0: thinking. once it actually is on the canvas.
1: Yeah, so that's why I also take some time with my paintings as well. Like if I really like something I'm working on, I'll take days, uh, like weeks, even like you know not months. Like I'm not up to that standard yet, but like at least at least days. Like I'll I'll look at it like before going to sleep. I'll look at the painting. So it's still in my like mind and uh, when you're sleeping, you think you're not doing anything, but you're doing plenty. So like generally I like try to like, if I have a problem and I'll just like tell myself like, okay, this is a problem. I need to find an answer. Like while I'm sleeping or something like that. So like, most often than not i'll have some sort of alternatives by the time i wake up so, so it's almost like, like subliminally
0: uh, in your sleep it's developing some solutions and then yes yes, isn't yes an abstract so keep form.
2: Delicate,
1: yeah sort of like it, your mind is a powerful thing man like yeah. uh, like uh, if you if you like if you feel like you can do it it'll, probably it can do it like you just need to convince your subconsciousness to like you know do those it's not like it's not something all that always clicks mm-hmm. but like uh, it's something that like you know at least you're not you know, just sleeping and just for sleeping so yeah it's fun it's fun as well
0: <laughs> now i'm quite curious about this because again like you said you're mentioning this project publicly for the first time so i'll be quite i'm cu- quite curious to see what you come up with because the way i see your approach it's like a blend between some sort of a surrealistic meditation meditative state of mind where there are these abstract thoughts which you're pulling out so i'm I'm really curious what you come up with
1: i mean i myself am curious how it will come out as well (laughs) because like it does not exist in like physical plane right so Mm -hmm. it's like somewhere in there and it always keeps shifting i have a like basic visual and as i it's like how how should i describe it so you close your eyes you are going through a fog and you start discovering like new stuff but you know this is the thing the, this is the idea this is the landscape this is the okay. environment but it just like keeps changing so that's the thing i need to maybe draw up some like stuff but the, that's that's what i fear about it as well whenever i put it down it will have a different meaning like it will turn into something else as well i'm not sure like let's see how that goes fascinating fascinating so i just wanted to touch upon one last
0: thing i, I know you're short on mm. time so um in terms of passing on the knowledge do you have any plans of conducting some classes or mentorship programs or anything of that sort even on a smaller scale where you can teach your skills to a
1: couple of people have you thought about that so i actually published a tutorial earlier this year which again is based upon the like basic principles okay like you're not gonna get to the advanced level like you know if you're climbing a ladder, start at the bottom. That's the thing. So <laughs> I have some like uh, design principle and uh, it's a, it's it's basically a blend of design principles and the fundamentals. So how you can like apply the design principles inside the fundamentals. Uh, I have that tutorial and I was planning a mentorship, but like, I'm not sure like when that will be done because like, I don't think I'm like good enough to teach people. And it's also like, it's, feels a bit weird as well just to like outright judge people's artwork because everyone has their own version of like you know thinking process own version of ideas mm-hmm. uh, so i i like i do some one-on-ones once in a while when i get some time but even even that it's it's generally it's generally very like fundamental basis it's not it's not like this idea is not working i generally try to just uh like like everyone has their different stories to tell, right? So yeah. I try to encourage that in like every front. So that's why I keep pressurizing everyone. Just just learn the goddamn fundamentals. <laughs> if you if you know that, like at least the in the basic level, you'll be able to express yourself better. And that's all I care about, man. I don't I don't care about like you know people making like you know super realistic stuff or like super functional stuff. I don't I don't like those aspects. much okay i enjoy good design that's that's a whole different topic but like just like repeating something like just taking some real life uh, objects and just copying it or just putting random props inside a like project and like rendering out that's 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 not like that's not gonna cut it out for me if you're designing something from like you're creating worlds creating objects that's interesting but just like taking like you know especially with these uh what do you call them what are the 3d packs kid bash kid bash man it's 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 like it completely goes against like what art should be i think because like you're just using repetitive elements and at one point of time it will become boring because like mm. once something gets famous a lot of people will start using it so you lose what is yours like you lose your individuality and I see a lot of 3D artists like doing amazing stuff like uh, there's this uh, French artist I think uh, in Insta he does this like you know uh, grease pencil animations in blender Uh, I think I'm not sure he was he was also featured in like you know blender the intro skin like a couple of versions back or something it's really wonderful like the stuff you can do with your like the technology so wonderful i forgot the name man I, i'll just i'll probably look it up later and like send yeah you, you can it send something. it over.
0: i'll add it in the show notes definitely
1: yeah yeah yeah. so uh yeah that's the thing like uh, these are just tools but if you're just using like random like you know assets from like uh the same thing and nowadays like there's a trend where like you watch a tutorial and you exact make the exact same same thing and it's supposed to be good because you're just following a tutorial and you're following their workflow like what they achieved after years of like studying and you're just blindly following it you're not going to get a job for that and even if you do it won't be because of who you are it will be because you can replicate something and i don't think like people should like strive for that like that's I think you're just like wasting your potential that way because like once you start like, and they may pay well, I'm not, I'm not talking about like not getting paid. Like you'll probably get paid well doing those kind of stuff, but that does not have the individuality. Like for me, like that is the most important thing. So, yeah.
0: Mm, I guess that's the artistic soul in your approach towards work which is speaking because Uh, it's it's a subjective thing right because everything that you said right now holds completely true but if you flip (laughs) the script even the other side will make equal amount
1: of sense where exactly it's it's completely my perspective and for me it works and like for someone let's say like who desperately needs to get into the uh, industry Mm -hmm. desperately needs to uh, do something for himself and his family or herself or her family and then it's a good idea that, that's the thing like you can do these kind of stuff but even when you're like following a tutorial just don't copy that like completely that i agree with try me. to add your try to add your own ideas like that's that's what you will be hired for in the future it's not because look like how well you can like manipulate a tool like you know blender or no maya or something it's not it will never become never because of the tools because tool will eventually and if you eventually change and if you just like are depending on a tool then uh, you have to understand that this like ais could just literally take you over in years mm-hmm. because that's what's been happening like menial jobs will get uh, will be taken over by ais eventually So unless you have your own idea, your own, like, voice, it will be very hard to stay relevant in this, like, industry or any industry for that matter. Like, anything that's menial or that's, like, repetitive that can be done with AI will be, like, done with, like... Eventually, yeah.
0: I mean, like you rightly said... It's not even that far. Yeah, I mean, you can get into the door by copying a tutorial, but you'll stay there based on your own individuality and what you're bringing to the table.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you need, if you need to support yourself, if you need to just uh, like, yeah, just support yourself in basic level and you think these will help you, they probably will. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they won't get, get those done, like earn, earn the uh, money and earn, earn the financial freedom you need and use that buy your freedom, use that freedom to like, you know, explore your like inner thoughts or like what you want to do so that's that's a good way to go about it i don't have any complaints about it but just don't keep doing the same thing and yeah
0: that's it now that's rightly put i think that's a good balance once you have that financial freedom then the onus is on you to start experimenting and finding your
1: voice exactly and nowadays like everything is so connected it's not hard to get a job like if you have decent skills you'll get a job like you just need to go out there put yourself out there and keep working I think like jobs just come naturally after that
0: yes awesome I think we've covered a pretty wide range of topics ranging from I hope everything is recording no no everything is recording I'm sure (laughs) I'm gonna have to Uh, put this in the intro later on that I messed up the recording but that's part of the process that's that's completely fine (laughs) (laughs) no I think it's cool it's cool even though we are having the same conversation for the second time I feel like there are different kind of knowledge tidbits that are coming out like the AI conversation didn't happen the last time around and yeah I think that's a pretty a, fascinating yeah. topic
1: but I mean it's hard to cover up like you know like like years of experience or like you know stuff in let's just like couple of hours of podcast yeah that's true but yeah that's thing.
0: <laughs> but I feel it's a good way to let people also know the journey that you've mm-hmm. had so far and also for mm-hmm. the artists and individuals like for me and you it's almost like a time capsule where later down the line you can always look back on this conversation and kind of recollect where you are at this stage in your life and journey yeah
1: that's the thing that's the thing that's really nice yeah so nice like you can record yourself and like that version of you just stays there in time so like... fascinating stuff yeah fascinating stuff
0: right <laughs> But yeah, I think, um, I think this is a good time to close this conversation, but I will love to have you back on down the line when you're, if and when the book comes out or the idea, the story, I think that'll be a whole different thing to talk about. So I'm pretty excited about that. We'll see about (laughs) that. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for
2: coming. Thanks
0: Thanks so much.